Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, SFFYA listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future. Our new bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharif Williams, recording on September 13th. That's Friday the 13th. And we're going to talk about two of my favorite backlist books featuring creepy abodes to stay in theme with the season. But before I talk to you about... Uh, my picks, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor. So today's episode of Backlist to the Future is brought to us by Roar, the YA imprint of Lion Forge and Witchy by Ariel Slamet Reese. So Witchy started out as a webcomic by Ariel Slamet Reese, and it's being published for the first time by Lion Forge's Roar imprint this fall. Reese takes readers into the witch kingdom of Hyalin, where the strength of a witch's magic is determined by the length of their hair. Strong witches are conscripted into the witch guard, who enforce the law in peacetime and protect the land during war. However, witches with hair judged too long are deemed a threat and an enemy of the kingdom and annihilated. Witchy follows Ninive, a young witch who's scarred by the death of her father at the hands of the witch guard. And Ninive has never excelled at magic and is often made an outcast because of it. None of her classmates or teachers understand why Ninive fears being conscripted into the witch guard, since the guard only accepts witches with great hair length who are exceptional at magic. But what nobody knows is that Ninive has been hiding one important secret for a very long time. Witchy is a story of courage and heart about standing up for your ideals and finding the strength to believe in yourself. So you can find Witchy in stores everywhere now from Roar, the YA imprint of Lion Forge. And it sounds like a fantastic fall read. So definitely check that out. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode. So let's talk about some creepy abodes. And my first pick for this theme is a house in Tananarive Dew's The Good House. So if you're looking for an autumnal page turner that'll give you all the Halloween feels, I know I am this time of year, this is a really good one, especially if you're a Stephen King fan. And I was literally about to record when I saw the news that Tanana Du tweeted about a possible upcoming TV adaptation of this book. Right now it's just the tweet, which I'll link in the show notes, but I'm sure we'll have updates on SFF Yeah when the official announcement is out. In any case, if you've been sitting on this one, now is definitely the time to pick it up. So The Good House follows Angela Toussaint, who returns to her grandmother's home in a fictional Pacific Northwest town after multiple tragedies. I think the town is um, located in Washington, the state. This is a story where something really terrible happens right from the beginning, and you're kind of working your way backward through Angela's memories and the memory of her son to sort out the details of what seems like a really strange and random tragedy. 
So Angela is divorced. She's bereft when she arrives at the good house. And she's really hesitant to come back because of the memories it houses. But she has to take care of some business there and perhaps find some closure. And she gets some encouragement from a friend to go. And she decides to just, you know, go with it. So she stays at the good house. And strange things start to happen. She knows some of the building's long and storied history because of her grandmother, who she was raised by. And Angela's grandmother was a black woman in a small town populated by white people. And strange events happened in the town's history. And there's a link to the Toussaint's. Um, Toussaint's Toussaint's. I need to freshen up on my French. And then there are other aspects of... Um, the place that have been kept a secret. The place is kind of unquiet. It's restless. As Angela works to uncover these secrets, she struggles with perceptions about her mental health. Everyone knows what happened to her family in the good house. And while the neighbors are old friends who've known her all her life, they wonder if her obsession with the house and the episodes she seems to be having in relation to certain activities she's witnessed and these theories she comes up with, they wonder if these aren't just a product of the imagination of a grieving woman. Even a new love interest that comes into Angela's life has doubts about it. And meanwhile, the details of her divorce and estrangement from her ex-husband are revealed, as is her son Corey's experiences in this town of Sacagawea. And it becomes clear that from Angela's family, friends, and the residents of her hometown, that the reach of the good house goes farther than you might think. This book is like my nightmare version of like, something is happening, something strange is happening, and nobody believes me. It's that kind of story. And it'll make you as, I think it'll make you pretty frustrated, as frustrated as Angela gets. And the book serves up a healthy heaping of the paranormal and occult, if that's your jam. I should mention a trigger warning for suicide, so do note that. And like many Stephen King novels, this is a really chunky book with multiple storylines, but also like a King book, it's really fast-paced and hard to put down. So you won't really feel how how much content there is in it because it is a doorstopper. I read the paperback version and it was, it was big. I could use it as a doorstop. I read this one actually while I was traveling and I usually find it really difficult to read when I'm in a new place. I don't know what I was thinking bringing such a big book, especially when all I can think about is exploring whatever city I'm in. But I found myself reaching for it all the time because I had to know what happened and what havoc the good house would wreak next. So again, a great fall read that was The Good House by Tananarive Du. And the next abode we're going to visit is Hailsham, a boarding school in England. And Hailsham could be found in Katsuo Ishiguro's Never Let Me Go. I think that boarding schools make for such great settings because they're contained. They're a world with their own culture and politics, and they're also a really good receptacle for secrets. So at first glance, Hilsham appears to be this quiet school in the countryside. It even seems quaint. And the students play sports, they attend art classes, all the things you'd imagine kids do in school and at boarding school. But there's something big and terrible happening at Hailsham. 
Um, the story is told from the perspective of one of its students, Kathy, who's looking back on her time at the school and at her circle of friends. She remembers how they came to learn the secret of the school and of their attendance there. And she focuses in particular on her friends, Tommy and Ruth, who looked too deeply into the strange practices of the school and the faculty and eventually escape its confines to get to the root of things. The book is really interesting I think in that it can be read like fiction. If you didn't know anything about it, you might think the book was just, you know, a quiet read about the lives of some strange and weirdly haunted kids and adults as well, the faculty who have random outbursts of emotion. But you get the sense the whole time that there's this dark, unseen undercurrent. It gives me the chills just thinking about it. It's just one of those quietly creepy reads. This is another great moody autumn book with the gloomy English atmosphere, for instance, and it's complete with rainy days. And I just live for these books at this time of year. It also has that back to school feel, but creepy. And the pacing on this one is much slower than The Good House or maybe just quieter. Kind of like in the way Shirley Jackson's books are quiet, like um, Hill House is an example of a kind of, the tone at least, of a kind of read-alike. It's a book you get cozy with and settle in to read because you need all the comfort to battle the unnerved feelings it'll leave you with. And my recommendation is to wait for a cold, rainy evening to start reading. I think that's how I started this book. And trust me, it is just the ticket if you like to be creeped out during the autumn. So again, I've been talking about Never Let Me Go by Katsuo Ishiguro. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. And please do review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me online at, on Instagram. I'm at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. Happy reading and happy fall.